Thank you for tuning in to Coppin' with Comic. I'm Brian Coppin, and we're here with comic Matt Stores. stores how the hell are you i'm doing well oh I'm good doing well. go real quick if people want to find you do stand-up comedy on stage in new york city where do they do that and also where can they find you online uh yeah so uh i am uh part of uh, a sketch group called infinite sketch so i do yeah, that. that's big right yeah it's it's good it's going Is it well. out of the pit uh yeah people's so, improv theater yeah people's okay. improv theater so we do that uh every other month i think this year last year we were every odd number month okay this year we're every even uh, numbered month, so we okay. got a show in February. Um, and then otherwise, uh, I have the store's objection uh, at QED. Uh, the next one is coming up March 19th. And how often is that? Uh, that is, uh, I usually do that in the, well, this year I'm doing it in the odd number months. Oh, cool. Uh, so so that they way... can either see you at Infinite Sketch in a certain month or see the store's objection. Yeah. And yeah. so Infinite Sketch will be at the pit uh, in February, and then in March will be the store's objection. Yep, here at uh, QED. At, here at QED yep. in Astoria, Queens, the best neighborhood ever. It's the best, yeah. And where do they find this stuff online? Are you MT stores? Are you Matt stores? Yeah, it's MT, uh, like Matthew, Matthew Thomas. Matthew T, okay. Uh, stores S T O R R S, and that's on all social media handles. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find me there. Uh, also, storescomedy.com, uh, where I will update stuff occasionally. Uh, but you're more updated on MT stores across social platforms. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm going to post, okay. you know, and share and the all hilarious that stuff. jokes and stuff like that. Well, I, I like to think yeah, uh, that well, they're funny. Well, but. I follow you on Twitter, and that's how I contacted you because I was like, who's this funny motherfucker on Twitter? I got to find him. Oh, and then, but one thing that's so interesting to me is the store's objection because as a former lawyer, there's nothing more interesting than the format of adjudicator Matt Stores. Yeah. That's his role for this show. And so there's comics going up, and then do you grill them? Do you ask them questions about what they just said? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, my Lord. Um, originally, I, I, that show started in Phoenix, where I'm from. Oh. And uh, it was something that kind of got developed when I was in law school. So did you go? Uh, did you finish? Did you drop yeah. out? Uh, I tried to drop out. Uh, I, they wouldn't let me. And How did they not let you? Uh, my family wouldn't let me. Oh, um, so you have all the debt. Yeah, so much. <laughs> and also, here's the deal. When I, uh, I'm not the best uh, with finance. I'm better now, but okay. at the time, um, based on you know everything that was going on in my life uh, and you know how the job market was, yeah. uh, I put stuff into forbearance. Okay. Uh, immediately afterwards, because it was like, okay, yeah, I gotta gotta get established, gotta get a job. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that made the debt significantly more. Yeah. Um, but even if you had done income sensitive repayment plan, it still would have just ballooned like yeah, crazy. Yeah, I right? mean, it, it would balloon. Yeah, but then the still. Do you get penalties if it's in forbearance or something? More uh, no. So? so basically, what happened was it uh, rolled into the the balance. Okay. Uh, so as opposed to just being. Uh, the interest. It was now, this is your principal. And so then we're uh, going to charge you interest on what was just interest. Yeah, okay. exactly. Wow. Uh, so that uh, is not ideal. So I uh, got a lot of uh, debt, but <laughs> it's fun. Um, but uh, with uh, with planning that, I was like, okay, what? Uh, how else can I use these skills? Uh, so some friends out there were like, hey, we have an idea for a show. Um, 
do you think, you know, you're already, you know, fact checking? Like, so it developed with me hosting a weekly show and um, basically it being an open mic overall, but me going up after every comedian and then, you know, trying to find my voice as a host, which was like, okay, this is what they said. This is the stuff that they said. What of it is factually inaccurate? What of it is a based on like a logical fallacy or, you know, what issues can I point out uh, that they may not have considered? And Um, how to do that in a funny way while still being accurate yourself? Can't you just fudge the numbers and say this is like if you have a joke that's playing on what might be an inaccurate fact but might not, do you still go with it? Like who fact fact checks you? Uh, Usually the people that came up afterwards. The one that uh, I remember uh, most was somebody made a reference – to, uh, so it was like they were talking about classical composers, and I went up and mistakenly said, um, whatever it was, uh, who was the deaf one? Uh, Beethoven. Yeah. Um, so I, I, but I said Mozart because I was like, that was like their f- closing joke, and I'm yeah. like, oh, that's totally wrong. And uh, <laughs> so I do it, and like people laugh and everything like that. Yeah. The next guy comes up and he's like, hey, hate to fact check you though. <laughs> And then does it, and I'm like, and everybody, and everybody gets a huge laugh out of it. Well, that's all that matters, right? Because, uh, you know, exactly, and wow. that's the thing. And so that same sort of format, that same sort of dynamic of, you know, fact-checking comedians, but instead of waiting to the end of their sets, doing it during their sets oh. while I'm on stage with them is what kind of developed into the store's objection. So originally I did it with a co-counsel that was on stage, and so we would both interrupt. Okay. Uh, but that uh, a lot of times would... It would be difficult for people to follow. Uh, so once I moved out here, uh, I tried it a couple times, and then I was like, "Oh, I can." There's, I, I've been doing this for so long. I can just do it myself. Yeah. Like, it's not a. I don't have to worry about there not being as consistent laughs. Like everybody's gonna do well. Right. Uh, so basically, comedians get uh, topics uh, based around a theme. I try to make a theme each time. Yeah. And then me uh, and then instead of a co-counsel, have like a bailiff or co-host now. Um, They'll come out after each of their sets and then fact check both of us. So that gets that same dynamic of like in the moment, I'm probably going to be wrong. Right. And the comedian might not immediately pick up on me, but the bailiff, the co-host is going to be able to be like, Oh no! I'm on my phone. I'm gonna check it. Oh good. And uh, so you, so yeah. How are you able to? Because I guess yeah. In the moment, like you said, I, even if you're a kind of in law school, that doesn't help you. You know, it might help you be analytical and think through the assumptions that somebody just based their argument on or their joke on. But it doesn't help you know all the facts. Right. And so are you are you constantly looking on your phone, or do you know the people's material ahead of time such that it's easier to fact check? Yeah. So with giving them topics. Uh, I ask that they do research on those topics. And what I found is most of the time when people do that research, that means they're going to do the first page of Google uh, and... (laughs) Wikipedia. Wikipedia. First first paragraph or two of Wikipedia. And... That's so, perfect. So if I can get to the third paragraph on oh. Wikipedia, I'm set. Oh, wow. And so I can do that. And usually, you know, people don't do... You know, like in 1942, and it's actually 1945. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna catch that. Yeah. Because um, that's not funny anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And but you know sometimes sometimes people can really start with that kind of dynamic of being like oh the dates are just a little bit off yeah and then like it'll clue in and they can use it as a bit okay uh, but usually if they're just like a really minor fact that's wrong it's like I'm not gonna pick it up yeah um and but that would be something that the bailiff would pick up because they can look that up immediately uh-huh. and they can and that can be an entry point for them to slam them and you know make fun of them from there. So it's kind of roasting. Are you also good at roasting? Uh, I mean, and I, what the fuck is the the role of roasting? I see so many roasts going on in the comedy universe. What's up with that? Yeah, so roasting, I'm not really. So a lot of the objection isn't necessarily like to make the comedians feel bad oh, or yeah. you know feel like they're wrong or anything like that. Even though they often are, yeah. uh, it's mostly of trying to maintain accuracy. Okay. Uh, so, but, you know, if that ends up me, you know, slamming them and, you know, being like, you're wrong, um, so be it, you know what I mean? I can't, I can't prevent that. Right. But, you know, oftentimes the, one of the consistent things that'll be said during the show is like, are you okay? Um, and are you, are you sure you're okay? You know, because, you know, comedians, they have like a depressive streak usually. Uh, so, you know, there is a, you know, the aspect of analytical, you know, uh, you know, frustration that is developed, but also yeah. the like comforting, like I'm here to support you and make this okay. So and that's just, your voice now as the yeah. adjudicator. Yeah, and that yeah. tends to work well, both for the and probably more for the audience than yeah. for the comic, just because it's like they know you're not being mean spirited, and right. what you're doing is in in a humorous attempt to um to just you're throwing a wrench in the whole show, and I fucking love that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, to your point about roast shows, um, yeah, I mean that's. Ideally, a roast show should be two comedians that know each other really well. Yeah. So they, so that same sort of uh, sentiment of like, I know you really well, and I know <laughs> what makes you like something you'd be cons- uh, like insecure about. Yeah. Uh, so I can make fun of that because you're my friend. Yeah, I know you just you thought really hard about buying that shirt, you know, because exactly. you can sell. And I guess that's seeping its way over into the incestuous podcast the universe of. I don't know, out in L.A., they got the you know, Callan and, and Brendan Schaub and, mm-hmm. and what, Theo Vaughn and Chris Delia to the point where Chris Delia is now going on stage. Like, he's flying to Arizona to interrupt yeah. Brian Callan during his set. Right. And it's almost like a wrestling thing where they will try to. But but one thing I don't, you know, I, I like some of those podcasts until they started getting too inside. Right. Meaning a lot of inside jokes. And that's kind of why I like getting a, you know, a new comic for every episode is because we don't know each other at all. And right. it, and it, and it's not just us riffing on a, a comedian that we might know that nobody else does. And right. so um, do, do you think that, I mean, how can you make sure that your, you know, any relationship that you have with the comics on stage doesn't fuck with the funny? Because they don't know your backstory. I mean, they don't know whether or not you know this person personally. So you just have to, um, with your persona kind of make it clear that you're being doing this in jest. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's a dynamic of me, um, you know, I usually I'll wear a suit, uh, you know, oh. and a tie. Oh, cool. Uh, and so, you know, there's that aspect of kind of being kind of <laughs> dapper and like very proper. And then I'll have, <laughs> you know, the table have a, you know, a, you know, table skirt, black table skirt or whatever on That's it. And cool. then I'll have like my trapper keeper, or portfolio, I guess, yeah. is the uh, more professional term, and like I'll you know make a big to do about unzipping it, and like I'll have a legal <laughs> pad. Um, you and adjust then, the tie before you go in for the jugular. Exactly, wow. and then during their sets, you know, most most comedy shows, you know, somebody in the back of the room is lighting them. Okay, I don't do that. 
Um, what I do is I interrupt them when they have a minute remaining, and I say, you have one minute remaining. And for the first couple comedians, that is very funny. Okay. Uh, because that's you just don't hear that in the, you know. It's usually, yeah, just a light signifying yeah, it. Right? Exactly. And, and so you're yeah. almost being intimidating. You're like, you only have about a minute of rope left with which to hang yourself. Exactly. And is it, that, is, is it right after that minute that you then fact check them? Uh, no. So I'm, okay. I'm fact checking. Throughout, right? Throughout, yeah. Okay. So if there's like something, if there's like a lull or, you know, a, you know, instance where they're like, okay, I, that doesn't seem right. I'm going to ask a question. Usually I, I, I frame it from a point of I'm going to ask you questions yeah. about the joke you just told or say like, well, there could be other people like they make a mass generalization. Uh, and usually that creates a little bit of conflict immediately okay. because it's like, well, no, like you mass generalized a yeah, group big of people. stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, you don't have you don't have the data f to back that up. Yeah. And, you know, so usually comedians will you know just jump in and be like, well, you really shouldn't be. Just let me tell my jokes. Yeah. Um, so it's like, no, you're on the store's objection, daddy. Oh, don't you yeah. know the rules of this this game? And then I guess the couple questions I have are, first of all, do you find yourself at all trying, like, is this a nice technique whereby you can in, inject yourself where somebody is kind of falling down or bombing? And, yeah. and the other question I have is, do you, this is so becoming a character that I wonder if you've turned this character into something in, in your stand-up act. Yeah. So uh, it it is so... The, the nice thing about it is by – it's very much – the dynamic on the stage is very much kind of like an improv scene uh, in that some of it – so we're playing off one another. Yeah. And so if a comedian is really bombing and is really having a hard time, yeah. the, that goes into the like – you're going to be okay. Hey, everybody in the audience, they're going to be okay, yeah, right? Yes, and then, he is. Yeah, yeah, and they right clap. Now. And then that creates an extra layer of like, because a comedian isn't going to ask for people to support them like that right. in their own set. Yeah. But having somebody being like, I picked up on this isn't working out so well for you. That's a nice release valve. And it gives him or her an opportunity to think about wh what they can do next. It gives right. them a couple seconds of thought. Right? Exactly. And then like playing, but then all this other stuff of playing off of me. So like a lot of times, like the jokes, you know, the recommendations of what I give them, you know, might not really lead to anything that's necessarily funny. I think one of the last show, somebody had like Miracle Whip as a, as, a, <laughs> as a topic. And it's like, okay, that's that's a somewhat of a difficult topic to use. They chose that because I know uh, that no, the I, topic was Miracles. And then you, yeah. did you divide it up such that one of the subtopics was Miracle Whip? Yeah. So I, I give everybody four topics. So I, you know, do a bunch of research for anything related to it. So I'll start with like, you know, very, very... Uh, specific, you know, like brands or, you know, anything that could easily come up. And then like, I'll also give everybody like a, the first line of a joke. Oh. Um, so like, you know, isn't it weird when you expect a miracle to happen and then, you oh, know, cool. that sort of thing. And so see if they like develop that or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so that, you know, helps prevent bombs. So uh. a bomb is less um resounding if that makes sense yeah um and you know more it's more even keel and then when the sets are really good um they're really really good nice. um so that is a really nice dynamic and then there's always the sets that are just slamming me from the very beginning <laughs> and those are great because i'm an easy you know i'm an easy target i'm developed the I've character the character has to yeah. stick up his butt exactly He's, yeah 
and he's a white guy in a suit telling you you're wrong. Oh, I um, love that. You know what I mean? And so they're able to play on any, well, I'm a person of color or I'm a different gender. And so the, the, you know, the, the like, white you, man, the mansplaining, the white man tells yeah. me this. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, what do you know about any of this? It's That's like, cool. And then it's like, please, okay, <laughs> please continue. I uh, love that. And it's like, so, and, so you're playing the straight man so that, yeah. you know, for, to get them laughs. Sometimes. Exactly. Okay. And then is this character making its way into any of your stand-up act? Uh, yeah. I mean, to some degree, the style, uh, you know, that dry kind of hyper-specific um, dynamics are in my stand, were already in my stand-up already. You okay. know what I mean? I was, uh, you know, um, you know, um, going back to the development of the fact-checking concept, it was, you know, around the fact of, like, I was, you know, very early in comedy, very much the guy who was like, okay, I'm going to do, you know, set up punchline, you know, maybe a couple things will be personalized, but they will still be in that kind of format. Yeah. Whereas now I'm a little bit more um, story-based and, like, a little bit, like, each joke is 30 minutes, or 30 minutes, 30 seconds That'd longer. That'd be cool, though, yeah. And, you know, kind of more narratively structured. Um, but, you know, that uh, dynamic of providing, like, hyper-specific, um, like, basically fact-checking my own jokes, adding an extra detail. Oh, cool. Um, you know, which doesn't always play. Uh, and that's the nice thing. I have it inserted into usually what I do as my opener. Um, and if I can t- – if people laugh well to that first one, yeah. then – I know that I can do them throughout the rest of my set. And and, if, and, and by mm, by them, what do you mean? Oh, like, the so audience. if it didn't work. Oh, do you actually go you do crowd work via that? Uh, yeah. Well, not necessarily uh, crowd work, um, you know, but it's like basically kind of a side. So the joke in question, I make a reference to the grimace, right? So, you know, I'm talking about um, liking the color purple, right? To grimace the M- McDonald's? Yeah, the McDonald's. And so, <laughs> I thought that's what I heard you said. Yeah. Then you said purple. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, you did say that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I make a reference to the grimace and okay. then I explain. He's the, the grimace? Yeah, the grimace. That's funny. I've never heard the grimace. Uh, and cool. so I will fact check that and be like, I would later learn that the grimace is an anamorphized milkshake made popular by the McDonald's Corporation. <gasps> and if people laugh at that, I know, okay, that is a. Technically, that is just a factual statement, but okay. it is a, a, a string. I have strung words together in yeah. such a way that it is, you know, if if people picked up on that and enjoyed that, they will enjoy the ones that are going to come later. The highly particular yeah. kind of facts that are just so, I can't believe this guy is spouting the, right. that word that he just said, anthropomorphized, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, so you know that you have a nerdy enough audience where you can go there. And if not, if they don't react well to that, do you kind of go, you kind of go, the other side of your roadmap is less factual, less nerdy. Yeah. I mean, the, the jokes are going to be nerdy, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's kind of, I can't really escape that. But it wouldn't uh, just be, it wouldn't just be stating facts. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. be stating facts. I'll probably do, you know, probably more standard, uh, set where I'm not going to react to my own reactions or react to the audience's reaction. Um, and, you know, say like, you know, which, is, you know, which is a, you know, hyper, you know, whatever reference I need to make. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it tends to work well. Um, you know, and sometimes I can't get out of it. You know, it's like I am in the moment and I miss said, you know, mispronounced a word or um, use the wrong word. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll react to that. And then that'll get a laugh because, you know, people will recognize like, okay, you know, 
you know, 10 to 15% of the audience knew I messed up. Uh, and then by acknowledging that, everybody else catches up and is like, oh, yeah, he messed up there. Oh, cool. And then so that that can be a, a, a fun little experience as well. And does, does one side of the roadmap and ch- or the Choose Your Own Adventure, is one of them funner for you? I mean, it, it doesn't really matter because they're laughing at both sides, but do you yeah. prefer to go down? Like you're like, thank God I can do my fact-based jokes today. Uh, yeah, so I mean... Uh, it's not a guarantee they're going to be laughing at both. Uh, but, uh, I do like, you know, it is a looser dynamic usually if I feel like I can do the, uh, kind of like the fact checks and, you know, have like the, you know, a lot of times, you know, with, uh, you, you have a, you know, set punchline. Yeah. And, okay, I do that punchline, but if I'm flexible and I feel like, okay, I can do this a little extra, I can provide a specific comment or anything like that, if I feel like I'm connected to that, I'm more likely to say something further that might end up be like usurping that pun- what I think is the punchline and becoming uh, the real punchline. Oh, okay. Um, so that is a really nice aspect. So, it, like, you know, it's kind of like a flow dynamic that, that people talk about. Um, and it's almost like if you're able to be a little bit more free and, and work some layers, some you know additional tags in there, it's almost like you could be riding on stage and yeah. come up with something entirely new. Absolutely. And I guess at, at any point, do you find yourself wishing as a stand-up that there was an adjudicator Matt Stores during your set? Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Oh, yeah. I've had, uh, I've had people try and flip the script on me and do that to me. Uh, and it's great. I really, really enjoy it. Um, because it's, you know, and, you know, seeing it from the, the different point of view and, you know, being able to, you know, be like, okay, so these are the, you know, a lot of times people don't give feedback to other comedians. Right. And, you know, so there's instances of like people being, you know, them telling a joke and telling a joke for like six months. That's like, oh, you're not, you're not really thinking through yeah. that this could be offensive or like, you know, you're missing the opportunity for something that is way funnier because you're so set in the fact that this gets a laugh where it gets a laugh. Yeah. But if you take it one step further and really objectively look at it, you can make it much, much better. And you guys don't you know, help each other out like that. Yeah. And like sometimes people will and be like, hey, man, you know, have you considered this tag or anything like that? Um, but by putting it into a dynamic where somebody is kind of adversarial to you in the moment, um, those sort of things come up. You know what I mean? Like, and like that immediate reaction, that immediate reaction somebody in the audience might have of being like, oh, that wasn't written well enough for yeah. it not to be like make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and a comedian might not recognize like, hey, that's making them uncomfortable in this way or like um, they're misinterpreting, you know, how I'm writing and or how I'm presenting it and having somebody to be like, hey, yeah, no, that wait, what? Yeah. And them having to like actually in the moment be like, this is why I said it this way. But I, um, and I guess be you know absent that though, you know, have you tried to incorporate this? And maybe you are doing it where it's almost like a Gaffigan thing where you're talking mm-hmm. to yourself, where you say just something generalized. Some mm-hmm. moment you know because you don't always have a, a stores a, a mm-hmm. stores yeah. adjudicator mm-hmm. interrupting your set, um, pushing back on certain things that might might make people uncomfortable. Can you work that into your set where you're simultaneously both? You know, you do the generalization mm-hmm. and then say, well, actually, you know, that's not fair to this segment of the population because blah blah blah, and then just keep correcting yourself and just adding layers of correction. So, you know, where you are both 
Matt Storrs, stand-up comedian, and also the adjudicator Matt Storrs in kind of two different characters, maybe in a, it could be the same voice, like a, but a slightly parallel. Where, yeah, where you're interrupting yourself, correcting the stereotype that you just did. Yeah, I mean, in my, uh, you know, I try and a lot of the, what I talk about is, you know, personalized stories or, you know, like experiences that I've had and, you know, maybe uh, elevated a bit. Um, so when I would do that, it would be, you know, a instance where, you know, this is a extra, like, it's unfair. Like, I have a joke that references the manatee, the, the animal. And one of the, one of the endings to it, the hyper-specific ending to it is like, hey, in that joke, I did something really inappropriate. Oh, cool. And then I apologize for calling the manatee ugly. That's fine. Um, yeah. So, Good. like, if I feel like people are going to pick up on that, it works. You know, and that joke still has, you know, work it needs to be done on it. And it's not, you know, the absolute, you know, there's there's always room for improvement on everything. Uh, but that same, that's a, I think it's a good example of how there's always room for reflection, yeah. whether or not it's off stage or on stage, being, you know, cognizant and aware of what you're presenting and being willing to listen to feedback um, whether it's from yourself, from the audience, or from a friend, uh, is absolutely instrumental. And it's such an opportunity for humor too. Yeah. To know that you just unlo- you just added an additional joke to Manatee mm-hmm. by going back and correcting something that you did, and so you can keep your sh- your punch short. But then you can revisit that topic by adding on, well, really what I meant was this yeah. and just had another joke. And so if they want to see grimaces and they want to see manatees, they're going to go to MT stores across platforms. You're going to be at The Pit, which is the People's Improv Theater mm-hmm. with Infinite Sketch mid-February. Do we have uh, a date yeah, on that? I believe that's the 26th. Okay. And um, then in March, you're going to be the store's objection. And that's where you just fucking interrupt these comics yeah. and they don't know what, what hit them. Yeah, yeah. And it's... It's pretty exciting, and I, you know, I'll be, you know, doing shows, you know, consistently throughout, um, you know, that time period as well. Okay. Um, so well, they would see the MT stores, and, and the website itself is—is is it Matt Stores? Because it's not MT Stores for the website. Yeah, right? for the website, it is. Oh no, it's uh, February twenty-second is okay. the uh, Infinite Sketch Show. In Art People's me. Improv Theater. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Pit Loft. Okay. Um, sorry about that. Uh, t- time is relative. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be there. Anyway. And when your comedy's in, in Grimace and Manatee, man, you, yeah. can't, you can't bother yourself with normal time. Yeah, you know, you, you're off by four days. It's fine. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so it stores comedy. And then, you know, I'm, you know I pop up on shows. Uh, I try and, you know, get uh, stuff uh, booked out a little bit. But you were just on Tristan Miller's show? Uh, yep. Oh, was, cool. Yeah, just the, man, the manic impressive tour. Yep, yep. I thought uh, that was a cool name. Yeah, it, it's cool. a great, it's a great show too. He really does an amazing job. Yeah. And yeah, so we were over at the Goose Lodge, and then we're, you know, I'm gonna be there actually tonight doing another show, and oh, cool. then, you know, uh, I'm gonna be at Branded Saloon, and you know, so stuff pops up. Um, but you know, those are the, you know, I try and get one, you know, pinpoint show of like, okay, this is the thing I'm really going to focus on and put Good. my energy into. And it sounds like the storage objection, it came all the way from Arizona mm-hmm. and it made some tweaks. Now you only have one person asking questions and then you have your bailiff going uh, in between. He's even fat, he or she's even fact checking you mm-hmm. because you find that two people asking questions is is too much for the crowd to follow. It can be, yeah. Yeah, because back yeah. in the day I did moot court and that was like up to seven judges, you know, interrupting yeah. your argument at the same time. And it really, it didn't leave a lot of time for jokes, let me tell you. That's yeah. why we were 
so on Phonics at Art, yeah. <laughs> but MT Stores, we're going to find you at MT Stores across social platforms, and we're looking forward to the Stores objection, which is just at QED here in Astoria. And it's been running a long time here at QED Astoria? Uh, yeah, since last year, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. when you have a great idea like that, it's got to last forever. Oh, well, thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank you so much, Matt Stores. Thank you.